1: back Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings q and on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. The Buffalo Bills uh, lost a very disappointing game, and that's being kind, this Sunday uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, it was not good from beginning to end. Um, I haven't been that dissatisfied during a Bills game in quite some time. Uh, but before we get into all that, I wanted to give a huge shout out to to Jay Spence the King, and the folks over at the Time to Shine and Chop Up podcast and video um, sessions over on YouTube. Uh, Jay Spence uh, organized a great event over at Resurgence Brewing on Saturday night. The Buffalo Rumblings Buffalo IPA was released that night at Resurgence. Um, I had some on draft, and I bought a case of it to bring home. It's it's just really cool uh, for someone like me who's been around for so long uh to see you know how far buffalo rumblings is common you know having a collaboration with resurgence is just really really cool um jay spence the king organized all of that um the proceeds are you know going to a local charity uh we ha- had a canned food drive at the event on saturday uh where we got a bunch of stuff as well and it was just a really well organized uh, event um i know jay spence is going to disagree with me on that he uh he wanted a different camera angle but um Alas, that was not meant to be on Saturday night, but I'm sure he'll get that uh, changed the way he wants it for next time. He's uh, on top of the game. Uh, So, uh, again, great job. Uh, You can pick up Buffalo Rumblings Buffalo IPA at Resurgence Brewing in Buffalo over there in Canal Side. Uh, And then I don't have 100% of the details right now, but it's going to be available at Consumers Beverages and uh, the Wegmans, at least in Buffalo, uh, over the course of the next couple weeks. So keep an eye out for it. It's a white can. Um, with a huge Buffalo on it, and you can check our social media channels for for information on that. Okay, let's get to this Jaguars game because you're going to need a couple Buffalo rumblings, Buffalo IPAs uh, to get through this. But the Buffalo Bills uh, just put out an embarrassing effort on offense. I thought the defense played really, really well. Um, But let's get into my takeaways from the game. First one was that the offensive line struggles were expected, uh, but not quite the way we saw them on Sunday. With three players playing out of position, it was going to look different, and we we knew that it was going to, the game plan was going to have to be different, and it was, and we'll get to that, but you know, we had Ike Bucker in at left guard, we had Cody Fork back in the lineup at right guard, Uh, and we had Darrell Williams kick out from right guard to right tackle. With Spencer Brown uh, on the shelf and John Feliciano headed to IR, it was going to be a shakeup, and we knew that, but what I didn't understand was Deion Dawkins beating, uh, getting beat cleanly by Josh Allen uh, for a sack and a big hit on Allen in, on the Bills. Josh Allen in the second half. Um, you know, Deon Dawkins hasn't really been you know 100 this season, and you have to go back and, and think about his um, him, his stay in the hospital with COVID 19 and wonder if it's still impacting him going forward. Uh, we also had. Um, Daryl Williams, a veteran in the NFL, a guy who's played right tackle and right guard for dozens and dozens of games in the NFL. On a critical third and eight in the fourth quarter, he's late getting off the snap. He's a full second behind the Jaguars defensive end who comes in and sacks Josh Allen, leading to fourth and 16. It was actually a fumble. It probably should have been overturned and given to Jacksonville immediately, but Buffalo still got a fourth and 16 play. Regardless, and that was all on Daryl Williams just being laid off the snap. Um, Things like that shouldn't happen, and you know we knew Cody Ford was probably going to struggle, and the Bills built that into their game plan. I didn't write about this at the time, but um, they—that's why you saw so many targets to Zach Moss and Devin Singletary underneath. That's why you saw a lot of you know short and short routes to isaiah mckenzie and cole beasley and even uh, stefan diggs crossing routes or um just all of those plays to the you know five to ten yard area instead of going down the field like they like to do because they knew that the buffalo bills offensive line was going to struggle but i mean having Deion dawkins struggle mightily like he did on sunday is concerning moving forward Uh, because it's not just oh well spencer brown and john feliciano will be back and so we'll be fine if Deion Dawkins is getting beat cleanly like that in every game that's going to be a problem well into the playoffs and uh, there's no way they're going to replace him so they got to figure that out and soon Uh, the next takeaway I had was uh, penalties playing a huge role in the outcome of the game Um, I joked that the refs kept throwing flags on the bills as they entered the tunnel and as they were in the showers and as they were on their plane ride home um 70 yards of penalties for the bills in just the first half including four personal foul calls uh levi wallace had a taunting call after the jaguars converted a fourth down in the red zone in the fourth quarter which doesn't make sense to me he uh, i mean he got hit on the play late and away, well away from uh the tackle by one of the jaguars wide receivers so i get that he was peeved but you know you're the gonna, The one that hits back is going to be the one that's called and so Levi Wallace it was only ended up being a four yard penalty and the Jaguars couldn't score a touchdown they ended up kicking the go, game winning field goal but it was still just a, a really weird flex for him to get called for taunting after Buffalo gave up a fourth down conversion the Bills finished with 12 penalties for 118 yards and we'll get into that in my follow up piece for Monday morning um, Josh Allen, Josh Allen's Josh Allen. Uh, That was interesting to say. But the Jaguars defensive end Josh Allen sacked Bill's quarterback Josh Allen. It was the first time in NFL history a player with the same name sacked his counterpart. The defensive end also had an interception and fumble recovery in the game, and he was just everywhere. Um, Josh Allen on Buffalo's side was making bad mistakes. He was trying to be Superman several times throughout that game, and it didn't really work out. And Big Cat Country, the SB Nation Jacksonville Jaguars blog, called us out on Twitter during the game saying, our Josh Allen is kicking your Josh Allen's ass, Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, And he was, uh, so it wasn't like we could clap back or anything. Um, when, (laughs) When the game was over, they sent out another tweet saying that our Josh Allen is now the default Josh Allen we will take no other opinions and so I guess that's been a thing is that if you type in Josh Allen it defaults to the Bills quarterback and not the Jaguars uh, defensive end Uh, but they are lobbying for that to be to be changed so anyway whatever it's a thing. More red zone shortcomings on offense. Uh, The Bills had one drive where they went into the red zone and they were held to a field goal. If they score a touchdown on that drive, it's obviously a much different game coming down the stretch because Buffalo would have had the lead for most of the game, or at least is how the game played out. Um, It was another one of those examples, and if you've been listening to the podcast over the last month or two, I've been saying this, that once the Bills get inside the 10-yard line and, and the whole field shrinks down, They have a real problem being able to punch it into the end zone. And so I keep advocating for them to go to the pylon when they're at the 20-yard line, when they're at the 15-yard line, and they have more space. And once again, they didn't throw the ball into the end zone or near the end zone even once. Um, They had one play. It was the third down desperation play that went near the goal line, Um, but they didn't throw it past the sticks at all when they were in the red zone again uh, sorry past the pylon not the first down sticks but um into the end zone they're not using that last 10 yards of the field that is the end zone when they're only throwing the ball into the green grass not the end zone grass um So you're already having a condensed field, and now you're taking away 10 yards of it by never throwing the ball into the end zone. So I think that's a big schematic problem for them, and uh, it bit them in the butt on Sunday, like it has in other games before, like against the Tennessee Titans. Injury luck has uh, run out, was my next takeaway from the game. The Bills, you know, heading into the game a couple weeks ago, Buffalo was clean on the injury report. Nobody was on there, but now everything has changed. Um, John Feliciano is on injured reserve. Spencer Brown is gone, um, at least has been for the last two weeks. We assume he's going to be back at some point in the next week or two. Uh, Taron Johnson and Zach Moss left the game with injuries and were diagnosed with concussions. Um, Dawson Knox still hasn't practiced after breaking his hand. Ed Oliver left the game. Cole Beasley and Jordan Poyer were on the injury report all week. The Bills are in trouble right now in the injury department, and they have players at wide receiver and safety that can step in and, you know, play meaningful steps. Um, I think Tommy Sweeney has done, I mean, I don't know what you were expecting, but I think he's been acceptable in that tight end spot. I wouldn't want him to be my, you know, first string tight end going forward, uh, but he's acceptable as a guy that can fill in and and do what you need him to do. you know, whatever uh, They could have upgraded him at that position If they wanted to at the trade deadline But, you know, I, they just have places Where they have depth And I thought that they had some pretty good depth on the offensive line Until Darrell Williams and Deion Dawkins Started playing the way they were playing Against the Jaguars So we won't get back into the offensive line I promise, but the injury luck seems to be Running out for the Buffalo Bills We'll see uh, who they can get back this week Against the New York Jets But they could be incredibly short-handed At multiple positions on Sunday and really that's one of the reasons the Bills have been so good over the last few years is they've been able to avoid injuries particular long-term injuries and and none of the injuries that we're seeing on this list right now are long-term injuries you know Feliciano's on IR but he could be back in as little as three weeks you know they never placed Spencer Brown or Dawson Knox on injured reserve and, um, you know, those concussion injuries probably aren't going to be placed on injury reserve. So the Bills are going to have a chance to get healthy here for their stretch run. Uh, but, you know, certainly losing all these guys for a game or two is uh, less than ideal. And then finally, uh, nipping at their heels. Uh, the, the New England Patriots are right there, guys. They're a half game back of the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East now. Um, the Tennessee Titans beat the Los Angeles Rams. On Sunday night, and that happened after I wrote my takeaways, and so the Tennessee Titans are, you know, in firm control of the AFC, and they don't have a very difficult schedule coming down the, the stretch here with games against the Texans and Jaguars themselves. Um, so it's just it's it's worrisome for the Buffalo Bills. Um, they could fall out of getting a home playoff game if they're not uh, careful. And so those are my takeaways that i wrote on sunday but i turned around on monday morning and wrote another opinion piece about the buffalo bills woes that went beyond x's and o's and it was it had to do with all the stupid decisions and you know mental mistakes that they made there's a huge paragraph on all of the penalties which we already talked about here Um, but it's also mental execution you know cole beasley dropped a pass where he was all alone in the middle of the field and it hit him in the hands and it was, should have been an easy catch and run for a few more yards. Um, Josh Allen, I don't know what the hell that pass was um, in the third quarter when he was being flushed, but it was an ill-advised pass. Sometimes it's just better to take the sack or throw the ball away buddy. Um, he just he was trying to play hero ball. he was trying to be you know super ultra mega Josh and he just needed to be Josh Allen in that game. Um, in the fourth quarter, Allen fumbled the ball um, when the Bills were right on the edge of field goal range. Um, it was their second-to-last drive, and they could have put points on the board to at least force Jacksonville to go down and score, um, but they weren't able to do that. And then um, that false start with Darrell Williams uh, on the th- the third downplay was just absolutely brutal mental mistake. But the reason I wrote the article was a quote from... Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback Shaquille Griffin after the game. And um, he said that the Bills looked like they didn't care on the sideline. And that fired up the Jaguars to go prove why they did care. And I thought that was a really damning quote for a guy like Sean McDermott as head coach, who always preaches the process and being up for your opponents and, you know, not looking past anybody. And, you know, any week in the NFL, somebody can win. And uh, this hopefully has brought that home to the buffalo bills i was kind of hoping that would happen after the titans game where they got beat on both sides of the ball but if it doesn't happen now it's never going to happen and you know it could be that the bills are self-assured or they're reading their press clippings too much or whatever it happens to be but you know the bills have been too big for their britches right now and they need to refocus and and stop making those mental mistakes that are shooting themselves in the foot, penalties, um, not getting off the snap, throwing it when you should take a sack, just making dumb, dumb, dumb decisions on the football field really cost the Bills against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And um, whether it's undeserved arrogance or men- just mental lapses, you know, Sean McDermott needs to get that taken care of this week. And and that's going to be the, that's been the hallmark for the Bills under Sean McDermott is. You know they have a learning situation and they learn from it but can the bills learn from this situation and get better that's going to be the you know million dollar super bowl question uh, when we get back from this quick break we're going to take your questions and there are plenty of them so don't go anywhere
0: vacations can be tricky Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: As a reminder, you can call in at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumlings and a with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can email us Buffalo rumlings at SBNation.com. There are tons of ways to get in touch with the show. I forgot to tell you at the top because I was so eager to give Jay Spence, the King, and the Buffalo Rumblings, Buffalo IPA some at the uh, the top of the podcast. So anyway, let's get to our questions here. And understandably, I think you can guess what a lot of them are about. Um, Andrew Sunday, surely it's time to try someone other than Cody Ford. Why keep the same O-line combination all game when you're clearly getting beat? Not like it's a starter being replaced. Replace one backup with another and see if the offensive line play improves. Uh, Chris Pfeiffer asks, why is Cody Ford still collecting a paycheck. Um, Justin Smith, was there a ninth string offensive lineman available at the deadline? Is is there any chance he's worse at football than Cody Ford? Uh, Jack Nealon, offensive line was a problem two years ago. Feels like an issue the front office hasn't fully addressed. Also, although Forpe got one-on-one, uh, it seemed like the communication passing loopers was suspect. Maybe Feliciano's communication is more important to the overall line than we thought. Um, Mitch Morse, uh, was the one that spoke after the game. He's the Buffalo Bills center. Um, obviously a long-time veteran in the league. He said it wasn't a communication problem. Um, the Bucker has been there for long enough, the, the left guard. Ford obviously started the year at right guard, so has a, a lot of experience there with Darrell Williams at right tackle. It would surprise me if communication was the problem. Um, I know there were several free rushers, uh, specifically blitzers, Um, and that's certainly less than ideal, but I communication, I think would be the lowest of the problems with Williams and Ford on the right side because they practice their all all off season together, um, training camp, that's where they were. Um, so that would surprise me if it was a communication issue. Now let's talk about Cody Ford in general. Uh, he did not play well on Sunday. I think it was his last chance to earn a starting role on this team. Um, as a former second-round pick, Brandon Bean traded Zay Jones in his third season with the Buffalo Bills after being a second-round pick. Now, obviously, the trade deadline is passed, but it's not too early for Brandon Bean to completely give up on Cody Ford. That doesn't mean he's going to release him right now. The offensive line market out there is guys like Jamil Douglas, who the Bills just signed to their roster when John Feliciano went on IR. There aren't options out there that are better than Cody Ford right now. That doesn't mean we can't upgrade it in the offseason, but it does mean we probably can't upgrade it right now. Now, going back to the trade market, there was one, maybe two guys available at offensive guard that could have provided a, an upgrade for the Buffalo Bills. And I talked about Andrew Norwell a few weeks ago on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sure, that was an option, but he also would have cost like 6 or $7 million on the Buffalo Bills' salary cap. And the Bills didn't have that space, so they would have to convert someone's salary, probably Deion Dawkins, or pay the Jacksonville Jaguars, in this case, who Andrew Norwell plays for, to take on some of his salary like the Los Angeles Rams did when they paid the Denver Broncos to take 9 million of Von Miller's salary that cost the, the Rams a third round pick, by the way. So, or a second round pick, we don't really know which one was for the player and which one was for the money. But one of those picks was for $9 million in salary cap relief. So I wouldn't want the bills giving up draft capital uh, to pay Andrew Norwell. I would have been okay with them restructuring Deion Dawkins' deal because he's not going anywhere. But that would have set up, you know, an even bigger cap crunch next year. Um, and so I just, I never thought it was very likely that they were going to trade for an upgrade at offensive guard. Um, and this is a, an article I'm putting together today for Buffalo Rumblings, because the narrative around the Buffalo Bills is that they've done nothing to address the offensive line. And I think that's absolute garbage, complete stupidity. Um, Hope I'm not being unclear. The Buffalo Bills went into last offseason with holes at one guard spot and at right tackle and Cody Ford at another guard spot. So they knew that they had to do something. So what did they do? They went out and signed Ike Bucker and John Feliciano. They signed Daryl Williams. And then they drafted three offensive linemen in the April draft. Now, folks are coming at me on Twitter saying, well, that's just the status quo. That's not an improvement. Well, no crap. But go out and look at the offensive guards that were available in free agency. There are one, maybe two, that played better last year than John Feliciano did. And John Feliciano came back to Buffalo Bills training camp 20 pounds underweight. He lost 20 pounds this offseason. And the Bills didn't know about it until he came back. So I'm not going to blame Brandon Bean for John Feliciano taking it upon himself to lose 20 pounds this offseason. It's crappy. And I don't think Feliciano's going to be on the team next year. I don't th- think Ike Buckers going to be on the team next year. I mean, Cody Ford probably will be, just because he's such a cheap player and he's a second-rounder. And they can just stat- make him you know their backup-backup offensive guard for really cheap, as opposed to signing a, a veteran and having to pay that veteran. So I just really disagree with the fact that folks are out there saying the Bills did nothing to address the interior offensive line. Now they could have completely misjudged how Feliciano was going to come back this year or how like Bucker would play in the lineup or Cody Ford, you know, maybe they thought Cody Ford was ready to take that next step. And then he didn't, you know, that's not necessarily a bad way to build a roster, especially when you're trying to sign your quarterback to a quarter billion dollar contract. They need to cut corners at certain spots on the roster. That's why you've got a guy like Levi Wallace making minimum as your starting cornerback. But if Levi Wallace is your worst-performing starter, I think you're doing okay. And if John Feliciano or Cody Ford, well, I won't say Cody Ford because they ch- they took Cody Ford out. They put Spencer Brown in, moved Darrell Williams to right guard. That seemed to solve the problems on the right side of the offensive line. And so when you had those five players, um, Deion Dawkins, John Feliciano, Mitch Morse, Daryl Williams and Spencer Brown as your starting 5 offensive line, I thought it was pretty good. And when John Feliciano is your worst starter on offense, I think that's a pretty darn good offense. Oh, and they led the league in points scored coming into week nine with that offensive line. So I think the Bills were doing okay. What really exposed the big problems were all the injuries and taking Feliciano out. Now, that's not saying Feliciano is, you know, light years better than let's just say Cody Ford because that's really who replaced him this week. You know, but he's, what, five snaps a game, six snaps a game better than Cody Ford. And those six snaps obviously were big, big plays against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And go listen to Ross Tucker talk about offensive line play. He loves, you know, citing those handful of snaps a game. That's the difference between a good offensive lineman and a, you know, mediocre offensive lineman is like five snaps a game, six snaps a game. And, So I don't think that the Bills left that position alone. They had two holes on their roster. They added six players this offseason to their offensive line. They didn't have to re-sign Ike Bucker or Daryl Williams or John Feliciano. They chose to because it looked at the offensive linemen available in free agency, and they were like, I don't think they're going to be better than these guys. We know these guys, and we can provide a realistic baseline with these three free agent signings. Then they went into the draft, and... Far be it for me to complain about them drafting pass rushers because I've been complaining that they haven't been drafting pass rushers for four or five seasons. And then they drafted two defensive ends. Now, you can make the argument that they shouldn't have drafted Boogie Basham and instead should have drafted an offensive lineman. I'll, I'm will i down for that. But I also would have been down if they had drafted a cornerback there or a couple other positions there. So it's not like it was offensive line or bust going into that second round of the NFL draft, especially when they knew they had capable starters in Ike Bucker, John Feliciano, and Daryl Williams. And so they had capable starters. They had Cody Ford, who they thought was going to take another step. You know, They had options on the offensive line. They cut NFL caliber offensive linemen at the end of August. They cut guys that are starting for other NFL teams right now at the end of August. So they cut NFL caliber offensive line players. And so you look around the NFL and you see the caliber of offensive line play around the NFL, and it's not good. And the Bills have acceptable starters at every position on the offensive line. It took three of them playing out of position for folks to start, oh, the sky is falling with the offensive line, and Brandon B. did nothing to help. So I know that I just went off on the offensive line a little bit, but it was obviously the biggest question mark we received this week at Darren Bischoff, asks us, I see no long ball speed with this team. Could they get John Brown back to stretch the field? If they wanted John Brown back, he's available. Uh, He's been available for most of the season. They could have added him at any point in time. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders fills that role, but when the offensive line can't protect for very long, it's hard for any of those players to get deep. And so, Stefan Diggs has long ball speed. Um, We saw that earlier in the season. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has long ball speed, but I think it's more of a game plan strategy right now because of the shaky offensive line play. So thanks for your question, Darren. Um, Garrett is going to finish us off today. Uh, Is Brian Dable intentionally scaling back the playbook to play down to their opponents? Two weeks in a row, they go to the half tide with bad teams in a field goal race. And unfortunately, they couldn't turn this one around. No, I don't think that's the case. Um, I think it's execution more than anything else. Um, There were opportunities for the Buffalo Bills to sustain drives. um, But turnovers, uh, specifically bad offensive line play that led to those turnovers, I think is it can't be discounted in this conversation. So I don't think he's scaling back the playbook. He did scale back the playbook this week because of the offensive line problems. That's why you saw all those underneath throws like I talked about earlier in the podcast. But it wasn't to play down to the opponent it was because they had offensive line problems and he had to adjust to that um so i i do not think that he they're you know playing down to their opponents no i I, that wasn't what we saw on on sunday the the jaguars out physical the bills up front and uh it led to problems with the buffalo bills offense and again i want to praise the buffalo bills defense the defense did such a great job on sunday and i really just want to make sure that we acknowledge that Because it's all gloom and doom and the sky's falling, but the Bills defense is freaking good, guys. So um, just make sure we we don't lose sight of that fact. All right. Thanks, everyone, for sending in your questions for this week's episode. Uh, If you could be so kind, send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. You can text or leave a voicemail at that number, 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumley's Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Thank <laughs> you. You can send us emails, buffalo Rumlings, at SBNation.com. Facebook and Instagram messages. to The official Buffalo Rumblings account will get to us as well. Tell a friend to give our show a listen, um, or any of the shows on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. We have so many different options for so many different types of podcast listeners. You want deep analysis? We have that. You want lighthearted and fun? We have that. Uh, You want conversational with, with two hosts going back and forth, asking each other questions and clarifying we have that we have solo podcasts where you get to ask your questions like this show we just have so many different options for you over here at the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network so tell a friend and share your thoughts thanks and go Bills Cloud 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Cloud 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.